0: The Theonauts episode 103. The one where it's God's will for you to get me a cheeseburger. The
1: Theonauts podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In
2: the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to Seal a thing. But the honor of kings is to search out
3: a matter.
0: Explore the vast reaches of God's word.
2: Hello all you Theo Will discerners out there. I'm David Gaddy. I'm
1: Jeremiah Orr. And I'm Riley Neal. And together we are are the 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 Theonauts. theonauts. I
0: said that with you. That's That's the first time I've ever done that in my life. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> together we are? <laughs>
0: in my mind it's okay. Anyways. All together we are. That's right. Hey, what's up, so, guys?
2: Well we got Riley in the in the studio we again. Do. Yep.
0: It's like your last week here with us, so it is indeed. We needed uh we needed some Theo and time before yeah, we it.
2: needed to get some Riley time in. You I go always back and become it.
0: a Baylor bear again, like you left. But yeah. <laughs> Bears for life. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so uh hi Riley. Hey Jeremiah. Yeah, was
2: it God's divine will that you go to Baylor?
1: It definitely was. <laughs> in what sense though? Maybe maybe we'll be able to debate that a little. So a glowing angel
0: came to you in the middle of the night and said, "Hey, Riley, go to Baylor." Right? Some,
1: something like that.
0: <laughs> awesome. So, have you
1: had a good summer? I have. Yeah,
0: what you been doing?
1: I've been traveling a lot. I think I've been gone like 4 or 5 weeks right. of this summer. Been uh, been to Annapolis to yeah. drop my brother off at the Navy Naval Academy, been to Colorado, um, yeah, and I've been to Haiti and yeah. to Super Summer, so it has been one <laughs> thing after another for me. It's like I have this great routine where I get home, I unpack all my stuff, throw all the dirty clothes in the washer, and then I repack it, and then I go somewhere else. There you go. Yeah. And I'm like a pro at that wow. now. So yeah, awesome.
2: so it's been a whirlwind tour for you.
1: That's good. So how are you doing, David? Good.
2: Can't complain. Can't yeah. complain. All right. Things are going well. That's it. How are things going with you?
0: Okay, Good. <laughs> got a baby at home that's about my life right now
2: (laughs) well you've got school starting yes
0: i do have school starting i have like two weeks to get everything ready my mom came and helped me decorate my room in narnia theme so it's like whoa
2: yeah yeah i saw your your door door. your door to narnia
0: we did
1: uh we yeah we had not of this world
0: poster or whatever did you like that (laughs) I thought it was a cool poster See, yeah. if
1: I was going to do at C.S. Lewis, I would go with The Great Divorce So you have the hell half of the classroom and, and the heaven half Whatever. And So however you behave that day determines where you sit That's brilliant <laughs> Get on the bus, go to hell
0: <laughs> I guess that's
2: better than the screwed tape oriented room Oh yeah That'd
0: be crazy too, that's awesome Anyways, alright, should we jump into this let's, crazy uh, Let's do this
2: So this is Riley's uh discussion topic that he chose for us.
1: Yeah, I've been telling Jeremiah for like six <clears> months that y'all needed to do one on this. And he, <laughs> anyway, he's just like, uh oh, whatever. And even today, <laughs> whenever he sits down, he
2: goes, So we're talking about the two wills of God. Like he doesn't even know exactly <laughs> no what we're talking about.
0: Well, yeah, it's it's been one of those months. so I'm here for pure speculation and, and to try to catch you we're gonna, guys. He's b- the color guy. You
2: oh, we're going to try and get you spun up.
0: <laughs> You're not going to get me spun up. I, do, I don't have a pony in this fight, man. Uh, I so. do
1: feel like this is an episode that has the potential to make a lot of people mad. Oh, sure. Well, all of our episodes have <laughs> potential. Right. <laughs> But this one, yeah, I
0: agree with you because this is messing with people's lives, I guess, or their perception of how they hear from God, I guess, which mm-hmm, is kind of yeah. a big deal, right? So well,
2: and it's funny because um, it's like we come from different backgrounds, and so we we've actually viewed this topic differently all along in some ways, and I've never really talked about it, right? So the question really is, uh, I guess, for a, a, a stinger to put on the, on the show would be what is God's will for my life and how do I determine that?
1: Or can I determine,
2: can I determine that? So, so the, the real, uh, thing is, you know, you hear this all the time, like God's got the specific will for your life. And then there's this, well, how do I know what it is, et cetera, et cetera. And so I wasn't really raised with a lot of that talking with a lot of that type of vernacular. So, um, I kind of fit into one of these other views we're going to talk about. We've got three different views of this that, right. that we're going mm-hmm. to try and and uh, and talk about.
0: So nobody ever told you <clears> that, <throat> that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life and told you that basically you have a specific path that no, he's laid out no. for you?
1: No one ever took Jeremiah 29-11 straight out of context. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, really.
2: Or or Philippians 4. Yeah. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens. <laughs> strengthens me. Oh even though he's he's sitting in prison writing that, and we're thinking that that's talking about my college career plans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so,
0: Riley, why, uh, why this, uh, this topic and what's so interesting to you about it?
1: Well, maybe for me it feels a little bit more personal because uh, this topic centers around big life decisions a lot. Sure. So you have these questions, where do I go to college? Who do I marry? What career do I choose? All these big things like that. What church do I choose? Do I go on Um, this mission trip? Yes. Is it God's will for me to, am I called, am I called, quote unquote, to this country or this country (laughs) or this trip or that trip? Um, And I am in the middle of a lot of those decisions um, regarding future, career, marriage. Uh, I already chose a college, but um, so I feel like I'm kind of in the middle of that. And my perspective, my ideas have been bouncing around, my perspective has changed, and I don't know. I just feel like I've been able to think about this in a whole new way in the past couple of years, and it's really blown my mind. Um, that's, that's cool. And, I, you know, this is actually a question in youth ministry that you
0: get asked all the time. Uh, kids come up and they're always wondering, okay, so what exactly does God want me to, you know, what what's my will? What, or what's his will for my life? What what mm-hmm. exactly uh, does God want me to do? You know, is he telling me to, you know, go here, go there? Or is he telling me to, like, you know, break up with my girlfriend or break up with my boyfriend. What's he telling me to do, you know? And that's a, you know, it's a valid question. A lot of a lot of people have that. But yeah, I have one way of answering it, and I don't want to go too far into that before we have our discussion.
2: So, all right, so let's talk about the the most prominent view, which is this specific will view. So that God okay. so, so the idea is God has a specific view for your life, and uh, you have to discern it. You have to find it, like you you have to through certain methods determine what it is that God has planned for you.
1: Yeah, and this is what I <coughs> grew up hearing, and it goes something like, God has a detailed, specific um, plan for your life, and in order to glorify God and um, I don't know, maximize your happiness, your usefulness in the kingdom, uh, maximize God's glory. You need to search for this plan, um, especially in major life decisions. You need to pray about it, seek God's will in Scripture, listen to the Holy Spirit, um, understand your circumstances, look for God speaking to you through that, God speaking to you through other believers. Signs, um, signs. Yeah. <laughs> so all together, um, you get this. Start to get this idea. You start to get this. Um they call we call it inner peace. You get an inner peace that this is this decision, yes, is God's will for my life. And uh that's what I need to do. And if I miss it
2: You know, I think this is a or West, they do
1: the whole This is
2: really a Western idea when you think about it.
0: Yeah, or they do the whole you hear the still small voice, right? Have right. you heard that one? Yeah, like yes. That's you yeah. know, you get alone and you meditate on what's scripture. What's God's saying to he, you yeah, what's he speaking to you? You listen really close and you'll hear a still small <clears> voice. Right, and that uh, that tells you exactly what you want to do. And um, so, why is this this theory so prominent? I guess that's my question.
1: Why is that? Is it? a good question. <laughs> yeah, it really
2: is because um, well, the arguments that the other views will make is that it's not even a biblical question to be asked. Like the whole, what is, how do I discern this? Is not a biblical question. Right, that is never addressed. In Scripture, that way. Well, I think it's
1: so. <laughs> you said it's a Western idea. I think it's natural for us to to desire um, God um, God's instructions for us specifically. Right. It's natural for us to say, okay, so if God is sovereign and He has this great plan and He knows more than me, it's natural for us to say, well, I need to l- somehow learn from Him what that plan is, right. so I can follow it and be. Happier, right? And if you look at Scripture, it's almost
0: like I mean that's that's the example given in a lot of ways uh, from yes. a lot of people. Okay, so uh, I just did a sermon on Paul, right? And uh, we we're talking about how Paul in in the in his second and third uh, missionary journeys, mm-hmm. um, the Spirit stopped him dead in his tracks from going into certain places, right? And sent him to other places, and then told him basically that you you have to go to Rome by way of imprisonment through uh Jerusalem, right? And so in that case, God did have a specific will in Paul's life. Then you look at all the Old Testament patriarchs, you look at uh here's a good one. Hosea and Gomer,
3: right? Mm-hmm. So
0: mm-hmm. Hosea had a specific or God had a specific will for Hosea, which was to marry a harlot. Right. Right. Which is crazy. Is it Gomer? Is that right? Did yeah I do that. Okay. Yeah. okay. Any-
2: but here's my point in, in, in all this. Okay. I don't think that arguing against the specific will thing has anything to do with being led by the spirit. For for example, Paul wasn't searching for God's will in his life when he went on the missionary journeys. He was pulled out <laughs> like abruptly and he was abruptly told, "Don't go down that way." So there were things that were were leading him, it was more like but a it wasn't he searched he didn't search for this to try and find God's will for him. It came out of nowhere, and, and same way with with Hosea, same way with 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 all of them. They ha- God is speaking to them, telling them to do certain certain things. But it's not like He had to dig and search and find right, this but,
0: specific will. But wouldn't that mean that God has a specific will, though? Because I mean, God directed Paul to do this. He directed Hosea to do that. He directed Abraham. I mean, you can go through all the biblical stories and you can
1: see how god directed things. Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing though. Um and if we're going to start to I don't know, analyze or critique this view, we, <laughs> we d- haven't
2: even really given much no, basis okay. for it. But uh but uh, uh, okay, let me start with with uh at least one quote from each one of these supporting guys. All right. Yes. So this is for a this specific This is for the specific will, specific will view. Okay. Uh, this is uh Jay Sidlow Baxter. He says, "Once again, we need divine guidance." Because God has a purpose for each of us such as no one else has. One of the most arresting and dignifying truths of Scripture, of Scripture revelation is that for every human being, there is a preconceived divine plan and intention.
0: Huh. Hmm. Okay. So agree, disagree. What do you think about that? For every being, there is a preconceived divine plan and intervention. Well, if you're a Calvinist, you'd have to say, yes, that's right,
1: right? Objection. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Th- these guys are always messing with me because I'm a <laughs> resident Calvinist. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be also, okay. and I still am in a lot of ways. So I think right now it would be a good time to bring in some of these categories we talked about earlier um, with different understandings or different notions of God's will. Okay. Okay. Um, so in this book we're referencing, uh, the book um, that got me thinking about this, I had to read it for a college course, is called How Then Should We Choose? And it's... By Douglas Huffman. Yeah, editor. so it's, it's three Which views. Which view, Calvin, this doesn't even make sense with the title. But go ahead. So Sorry. <laughs> come on. All right. So we got three views of the will of God. And this book, um, each of the authors presents their own view, and then they kind of debate it. Yeah, right. Um, so they use these categories. <laughs> they talk about... Um, God's sovereign will, Uh God's moral will, and God's individual will. And so so God's sovereign will is a very Calvinist notion, right? Right. So God's sovereign will says at the end of time, we will look back at all of history, and what will have happened is God's sovereign will. Will, And that is something um, that cannot be thwarted. Um, God's sovereign will is going to happen, period. But here's the thing. We believe that God's sovereign will is unknowable, so then you've got God's moral will, which just means God's commands, God's... You in know, Scripture. Commands in Scripture. Love God, love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that God lays out for us, and he says, this is how I'm instructing you to live your life. Right. Now that um, we can go against. We can rebel yeah. against God's moral will. That can
2: be missed. But now you've us. got
1: an in-between category called God's individual will or specific will or, I don't know, ideal will, and this is something, it's God's plan for your life. But you, unlike God's sovereign will, you can miss it. You can marry well, the wrong person. You can go to the wrong college. Right. And we're talking about whether that is a valid biblical category so, at all.
2: So really the, the question, I don't know if I would say that's an in-between will or if that is a specific, like we, we take God's, um, uh, what did you call it, the... Um, his sovereign will
3: mm-hmm.
2: and making it overly detailed yeah like is his is his sovereign will for me vaguer than what i'm act, what i'm perceiving so like is his will broader than i'm giving it credit or is he going to be concerned with what i'm having for lunch today like <laughs> i mean how crazy i mean where do you draw the line well okay <clears throat>
0: It's an analogy that helps me understand this, and I don't know, I don't know if it fits or not, but it it makes a little bit of sense to me. Imagine you, you've made a uh, a rat maze. Imagine you're imagine you're a scientist, right? And so you've made a rat maze, and only one pathway of this rat maze is leads to the cheese. All the other pathways lead to dead ends, okay? right? Mm-hmm. So you set your rat in there, and you let him choose. Um, a lot of times he's going to end up in the dead end, right? Right. But if you set out and they, you say it's my will for that rat to get to the cheese, and there's only one pathway that he can go, you can't plan the uh, you can't plan the end and not plan the means to that end. But if there's more than one pathway, but you're you as a scientist. Are sovereign, and you say that rat will inherit that cheese. Um,
2: but the rat might spend the, his entire life going down wrong paths until he finally dies in the maze.
1: Hmm.
0: But you, as a scientist who's sovereign, yeah, you demand, you command, as, as God is sovereign. You say that rat will reach
2: the cheese. I'm going to make him reach the cheese. So what's the point in the maze? I mean, at that point, you're just picking the rat up and moving it across the table. (laughs) Well,
0: you're moving him, right? This way and that (laughs) way. And And so how can, and that's why I say, how can this whole sovereign will thing exist or this whole ultimate will thing exist (coughs) without God planning the means of that ultimate will? Do you see what I'm saying? Does that make sense or am I just crazy?
2: Well, I think that God's bigger than that. And this and this goes goes back to some of the other. I mean, I don't. I think that we try to put human logic onto God in some of this discussion. And I think He's above our thinking. He's above our. He's outside of our time dimension, right? So right. I mean, He sees what I'm doing tomorrow already. I mean, He 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 is seeing it all. So um, I mean, a lot of these discussions about you know well. predestination and all this also have to do with foreknowledge. And I mean, there's all these arguments about. God's perception of existence versus our perception
0: right, but bringing it back to this whole specific <coughs> will thing, I yeah. mean wouldn't it have to be a specific will in order for that
1: the what do, you, what do you I don't understand it? what you're asking, maybe I'm just nuts on this i think I think you're getting too caught up in the nature of God's sovereign will, and what we're really talking about is does he have a specific will? But I think that the two go hand in hand. I don't think you can. Well, then that's that's going to be where so, you're going to land on this specific you uh, because know. well
2: because what that means now is you have to find it. Right. If he has a specific wills for you, then then you you have to determine that. Because say for, you're the rat in the maze, you've got to find the right turn. Yeah. Yeah. Or if he's dropping breadcrumbs or whatever, you got to find the next breadcrumb. You got to right. look for it. Make sure it's not. So, so the, the, the question on this really is, um, how, do, how do we determine it? And there's tons and tons and tons of books about this stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and everybody's got their uh, own mindset. I'm just sitting there yeah. going through the website a while I go about it, and it was just like tons of information that this guy's saying, oh, you can read scripture, you can be perceptive of your surroundings, You can, I mean, all this stuff that he's going on about how to find God's specific will right. for, your, for your life.
0: And I guess i um thinking back on that. You know, I don't think you need to know who you need to marry in order to get to the cheese. Does that make
2: sense? But that's specific. That's what that's what we're talking about. Right. So how specific is specific? Anyway? Exactly. That's the question. <laughs> huh.
0: All right. Anyways.
2: So, yeah. OK, so. I think we're wanting to talk about the alternatives to this, right? Sure. So why don't we just move on to that? Let's do it. Okay. What's the, the the next the next point of view is is referred to in this book that we are
1: using as our guide. So we're group. just gonna mm-hmm. try to summarize them as best we can before we start.
2: Right. Right. Sorry. So okay.
1: Our totally got commentary. you derailed. But okay. Well, that's any anytime, I mean,
2: anytime the whole Calvinist uh, argument comes up, we I, I really up want you rat- guys to
1: divorce this in your minds from Am I a Calvinist or Am I not? Because it's a different <laughs> issue. Right. Right. You can be Calvinist on either side of the fence. You can be in. Arminian on either side of the fence. (laughs) It can definitely happen.
2: Okay, so so here we go. I'm trying. Wisdom view. Okay. Okay, the wisdom view says, and uh, this is a quote by Haddon W. Robinson, and he says, we must face the fact. How do you know the will of God in making life's decisions is not a biblical question. The Bible never tells us to ask that. The Bible never gives us direction in answering it, and the pursuit of some personalized version of the will of God often leads us toward disobedience. When Hmm. we find ourselves facing the tough choices in life, those day-in, day-out decisions that make up the very fabric of our existence, we shouldn't seek special messages from God. Instead, we should ask, how do we develop the skills necessary to make wise and prudent choices?
1: Can I see that for just a second? There's a really good summary in here of the wisdom view, which is our next view. And I want to read this. It's like five points and it really lays it out well. Okay. I found it. So we got this overview of the wisdom view where God commands, we must obey. So that's God's moral will in scripture where there is no command. God gives us freedom and responsibility to choose where there's no command. God gives us wisdom to choose when we have chosen what is moral and wise we must trust that the sovereign we must trust the sovereign God to work all the details together for good. So this view says I'm not supposed to ask where do I go to college? I'm supposed to discern it, choose given using the wisdom God has given me. Right. And be sure to be always be following God's moral will or God's commands in scripture when right. I'm going about doing this. Right.
2: So you're only reacting to things you can perceive and learn versus some mystical understanding mm-hmm. or trying to, to to be led by something that may or may not be a sign from God. Gotcha. What do you think, Jeremiah?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, t- I totally agree with that. And that's my, I guess that's that would be the view I look at. Well so whenever I, I talk to kids and they ask me what's what's God's will for my life the first thing I you know I I'm like go, well first off go to scripture and scripture tells you that it is the will of God first Thessalonians right four three is the will of God that you be sanctified that you should avoid sexual immorality right there there are all these commands that God gives in scripture right so whenever you're faced with any kind of choice you need to look and see okay Scripturally, does this, does any, does, is there a choice that would go against God's will or command for my life from scripture, right? right? And then from that, if there's not, then choose the best one for you, right? Because it's, it's all in God's will. Does that make sense?
1: And so we also see this maybe reinforced by what Paul says about marriage when he says, you know, you're a young man, you're considering whether or not you want to marry the girl that you're, I don't know, engaged to or whatever. Right. And so he says, the one who marries her does good. The one who doesn't does better. So that's just Paul's opinion. He's saying, God is okay with either of these. Depending on your needs, you might choose one or the other. Right. And it's not like there's some secret you have to find. It's just, well, my, I really need to get married. That'd be a good thing. That would keep me out of a lot of trouble. I'll get married. Right. Or I really don't need to get married. I want to go on some long term mission trips. Like, that's okay. And the, the idea is, I'm seeking to glorify God. And he might be glorified in either decision. So um, how does the call to ministry fit into any of this? So that is a really great question because um, whenever I first started hearing about this issue and thinking through it, um, I had remembered reading something Spurgeon said about being called to ministry and you better not become a preacher if you're called. So that is a huge way that this issue gets opened up for us to consider. Right. Um, And so I went looking for what... Spurgeon was talking about, because I was like, oh, no, I don't disagree with him about this, do I? Because I respect him a lot. Right. So I finally found his stuff he wrote about being called to ministry. And he's like, do you have a desire to do ministry? Like the scripture says that that desire is good. Like, do people in your church affirm that you're gifted in that way? Um, So Spurgeon is not saying there's like a specific call and you need to determine whether God has said yes or no to you. You just need to look at these signs that God has given in scripture. Like you have a desire, you're affirmed by your church or your ministers. Right. And like, if your heart's in the right place, you're called, you're called. And so I guess I tend to think more in terms of not the Holy Spirit going tap, tap, you, you're (laughs) called to ministry, but the Holy Spirit just giving you a desire to do ministry. Sure. So like David, I'll throw this at you then. Did you feel
0: specifically called to Haiti?
2: Yeah, but it was through desires that, I, that, that was planted. So like, for example, I didn't at some point sit down and go, man, I really need to find out what God wants me to do. And then that led me to the decision to go to Haiti. It didn't work that way. It worked like I was curious about things, started looking at things. My heart started being New. drawn towards certain things. And the next thing I know, I'm in Haiti. It's right. very much like the same thing I was saying about uh, Paul. Paul. It was like, to me, the, the movement of the Holy Spirit in this is, is um, agnostic to this discussion. Like, like the decisions that you, you make can be led by the Holy Spirit and it not be tied to this understanding of I've got to find God's specific will in my life.
1: Well, and it doesn't have to be special revelation, Right. Either. You don't right. have to have a dream or vision. Exactly. I don't have to have, to have
2: an angel come and visit me and go, you know what? You need to be in Haiti in order for God to lead me there. So,
0: do you think that God ever intervened? So, I'll give you an example. My marriage, I believe, was a specific thing from God. Like, I really do. What happened was I, I was in Missouri uh, working at a church, and my father called and said, hey, I. I have a position open for you. I'd really want you to come to Nevada. Well, I moved to Nevada. I spent a year there. And then my parents were like, We're leaving. So they left <laughs> and I went to UNR. And it almost felt like I went to Nevada specifically to find Christina or to get married to Christina. Right. Right. So I met Christina the day I moved to UNR and she has this, there's this whole backstory with her and my parents. She actually stayed with my parents for a week before she even knew me. And we didn't even put that together until after we were dating. Right. Right. And so there's all this stuff that went on, you know, it was almost, it was, it was the movement of the Holy Spirit. But um, my question is, is can you call that a specific will, or can you call that just a general, general thing? You know, I, well, either
2: way, but the thing, the, the, the thing is, you're looking at this in hindsight, uh-huh. I mean, yeah. you're looking at it from the past. You're not looking at it from the point you moved to Nevada to go find your specific, God's specific will for you. And I know he's got a wife for me over in Nevada. <laughs> right, I know. So you, it wasn't like you were searching for God's specific will for your life. You're now looking back and going, oh,
1: that worked. I that see. that was the that was the spirit. Mm-hmm. That's the sovereign will. Right. That's it's going to end up the way God knows it's going to end up. Right. Huh. That's good. Awesome.
2: So the decisions you made though were what led. Right. Was what made that. Happen. I mean,
0: there was no like, God, do you want me to go there? You know, you really need thing. to tell me.
2: Do I need to marry this girl? <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs>
0: but people do that, right? There's right. there's a lot of pining over that. I mean, especially in the church with young men and women. Mm -hmm. Is this the person for
1: me? So I think sometimes (laughs) we import, again, another Western idea of the perfect mate into this idea of marriage. Whereas scripture says, if you're Christians, then it's lawful for you to marry. It's okay. right? And scripture doesn't say this is the perfect person for you. Scripture probably... Um, the principles there are that this person's flawed, you're flawed, you're being sanctified together, and their weaknesses and strengths are probably specifically put there by God to test you and grow you. Right. And there may be
2: cases where you marry the quote unquote wrong person, but God still works in that. Yeah. To strengthen faith, to build other relationships, to do all kinds of other things. So it's, it goes back to kind of this prosperity idea. God's, specific will for us is not that we all be happy and live in uh, comfort. Right. I mean, his his will for us might be that we end up being tortured, maimed, and killed in the name of, of, of Jesus. Sure. We don't know that. Um, but th- it, it's about faith, really. Right. You just have to have faith that the decisions that you're making with God in the foremost of your mind is going to lead to Whatever his his will is, that is his will. Sure, that you walk in obedience, and so if you're walking in obedience, you're in his will. That's
0: good. That's good. So, what's the third one then? So this one's kind of strange.
1: Um, <laughs> this one, at first, it might, feel it, strange. It might feel it might feel like cool. an in betweener, but it's really it's not. not. And yeah. so, what this third will says is, we're really we're asking two questions here: Does God have a specific ideal will for my life? And if so, how do I find it slash do I need to find it? And so the weird thing about this third view, which is called the relationship view, is that it says, yes, God has a specific ideal will for my life, but no, I do not need to look for it and pray about it in those terms. I need to bring myself into as close a relationship with God as I can, seek him, seek to be Christ-like, And that will put me in the best position for living out his... Yeah.
2: So I like
1: that one better than the second one. Yeah, this is
2: the one that I really like best, too. Uh, At least from... I haven't read this whole book, So, but but from what I've read, I kind of lean this way. Uh, Here's a quote by Lloyd John Ogilvie. The will of God is not a mysterious set of sealed orders that we search for and receive if we happen to hit the right formula. Rather... The will of God is a relationship with him in which he discloses his power, purpose, or purpose, power, and plan for our lives in that order. So, basically, uh, some of what was being said in here is that God's specific will for you is exactly the same as his universal view. his, His universal will.
1: Right. And see, I like that because... I don't know. I, one, uh, one of my teachers at Super Summer said something to me that blew my mind one time. He said, uh, we're a bunch of uh, just graduated high school seniors in there. And he goes, if you're going to college for any reason other than to be a missionary for Jesus Christ, you're going for a selfish reason. <laughs> and so that was when it started to click with me. Whoa, you mean God doesn't, it's not about if I go to Baylor or OU or wherever, it's about what kind of person I'm supposed to be there, Right and who how I'm supposed to be pursuing God and glorifying Him there.
2: Oh man, it's just it's just like you know this study of the Acts that we're doing, and you're about to present to us this section. I was I was listening to the Matt Chandler uh, uh, speak on, uh, talk on that, mm-hmm. and he was and he was talking about the same thing. He brought up a quote by um, by Martin Luther where a cobbler was like saying, um, "I I okay, I trust God. I've I've come to faith. I've, I'm I'm a Christian." Now what do I do? And Martin Luther asked him, Well, what is it that you do? And he was like, I build shoes. He said, then make a really good shoe and charge a fair price for it. To the glory of God,
3: right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Yeah. So it's like you don't have to be a dedicated missionary in
3: some other country
2: in order to be in God's will here. I mean, it's about... There has to be good shoemakers in God's will, too.
0: Right. <laughs> That's right. And, they, and actually, it, it puts it all in the focus of the relationship instead of the laws and the commandments and stuff that, you know, we're so used to hearing, right? It, and this is what we've talked about before over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's about a relationship with the Holy Spirit communing with you. So if you're listening to the Holy Spirit, if you're following that relationship, right, then... Your natural and that's not a
2: mysterious, wacky thing either. I mean, no. that's, we're talking that's, that's tangible, right? Uh, because it's scripture based, following what's in scripture,
0: exactly to
2: to follow Christ and to be in that relationship with Him.
0: Which is, yeah, it's it's a natural thing. Then the, it's it's just going to be a natural way of, way of your your living.
2: There was a a verse that came to mind whenever I was thinking about this, and that's a, the popular Romans twelve, first two two verses there. Um, but it says, um, hang on a second, me, I'm going to use the ASV here. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service, and be not fashioned according to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Right. So if your if your will is transformed to His will, then you demonstrate the yeah. will of God. And it's that whole those thing:
0: that you, what is it you want to do? Right. Right. God changes your wants, mm-hmm. your desires. So it, it becomes a natural thing for you to actually live out God's will, just like it's a natural thing for you to you know to breathe. Mm-hmm. Right. You're mm-hmm. naturally going to live out God's will if you've surrendered to Him uh, and are in a relationship with Him. So you're whenever you come up and and there's a a cute looking girl sitting there at the cafe right and so you strike up a conversation and you find out that she's like totally not a Christian, your natural desire is going to be okay, she's hot, but you know this is not this is not what I want because this is you know what i mean this yeah. is this is not God's will for my life, obviously, but you know. If strike up a conversation and she's a faithful follower, you have a natural inclination to go, okay, maybe this is maybe this is something for me, right? But it's
2: not always that that cut and dry. I mean, she might be, you know, a skank or whatever, but <laughs> but, with, but with promise, you know, I mean, but with promise, <laughs> a skank, no. but with promise,
0: <laughs> that's hilarious.
2: <Wow. laughs> well, what I mean is there might be like an open door there for her to listen to the gospel or, or whatever. And it could still lead to a fruitful relationship in God's will and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um,
0: huh?
2: <laughs> it's yeah. So
0: it's a natural desire thing. It's basically, it changes your, your heart's inclination. So, right. I, it, I find it really funny. I Googled God's will and the first verse that popped up is Jer- Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's the one that we take everyone out loves. Of that one, don't they? So God's much.
1: will is for you to go to exile for seventy years, <laughs> and then for Him to set you free. Yeah,
2: or to go to prison,
1: <laughs> right?
2: And then tell you you
0: exactly. can do all
2: things through Christ who, th- who strengthens you.
1: <laughs> right. That's hilarious. Anyways, yeah. so this this guy who writes the the the, um, the relationship view chapter in this book. He makes some really cool points. It was one of my favorite sections when he starts talking about discernment. And I really enjoyed this because I feel like no matter what camp you fall in, the specific wisdom relationship, um, somewhere in between, his points about discernment are so good. And um, so he begins to talk about um, the inner peace thing. And he makes this really good point um, We' we don't need to focus too much on this inner peace because guess what? Sometimes we're going to have peace when we're set on what our heart really wants, our flesh really wants, mm-hmm. and we're going to enjoy that. And peace is not always from God. It can come from other things. Amen. Um, and I wanted to read some lyrics. Um, there's, a, there's a band called Beautiful Eulogy. They are, um, <laughs> I don't know, you wouldn't call them rap, maybe more like spoken word okay. um, artists, but uh, they have this song called Symbols and Signs. And some of it's about the prosperity gospel. Some of it's about other things. But some of it is about this idea of discernment. Really, the whole song is about discernment. Um, Right. And he says, Are you the kind that's completely consumed by symbols and signs? If you are, that's fine. But don't you find it interesting how most of the time your self-interpreting seems to coincide with what's deep inside your heart's desires? Seems rather convenient, doesn't it? (laughs) And so... We see these signs. I'm driving down the road thinking about where I'm going to go to college, and, oh, I see a Baylor bumper sticker. Oh, thanks, God. That means I need to go to Baylor. But really, <laughs> I'm giving it that meaning because that's what I want. We tend to, when we see coincidences, signs, whatever, we tend to assign it the meaning that our heart really wants. So that's why it's important that we're pursuing God because what our heart wants, is it God right? or is it the flesh? And then later on he says... Um, when I was a kid i got
0: I got a comment on this, so when I was a kid, I was in this relationship with this girl, and I used to play this game in basketball where I love shooting hoops. I play it every day after school and what, and I wasn't even a Christian at this point, but I was like really like you know talking to God shooting hoops and uh I'm like, okay, God, if I make every single one of these free throws, then it's, you know, this is... <laughs> then you're telling me. Yeah, this, this is the girl for me, right? Ranging out your fleece. And how much have we <laughs> done that, you know? Right. You know, it's a natural
1: thing for us to, you know, search for those signs. It's good. Anyways, yeah. it's good. He, he goes on to sing, uh, there's this idea that an individual is somehow more spiritual if he takes these signs and symbols and takes what's normally invisible and makes it simple. But I say the mark of a mature man is the one who reads God's word and understands and allows that to discu- to govern his decisions and his perspective plans. Wow. Yeah, that's good. And so what he's saying, <clears> stop <throat> focusing on these signs and symbols. Uh, in the, later in the song, he says something about we're holding God's diary looking for signs. Yeah. And he's like, so look he's- at what's right in front of you in Scripture.
2: So he's definitely in the wisdom camp.
1: I would say he's in the wisdom camp. Yeah. And that's where I'm going to land ultimately. Although I think the relationship one has a lot of merit and it tells us so much about, we should be in a relationship with God. We should Mm -hmm. be trying to set our desires on him, but ultimately we've got to make decisions sometimes about marriage, career, whatever. And we've got to, we've got to fall on wisdom for that and just discern, okay, are my desires for God or my desires to glorify him? If so, I'm going to make the decision with the think, wisdom he gives me. I think the
2: biggest difference between those last, the last two uh, views on this is about whether or not we're searching for the will or not. Because the wisdom view basically says you don't even need to look for it. You just need to make good decisions. Whereas the third view says, well, you can, you can still discern it, but it's easily discernible because it's, it lands here. Uh, it is found by making God the absolute center of your life. If God's the absolute center of your life, you're in the will of God. And uh, so th- that's really, I think, the, the major two differences between those last two views.
0: Right, but I think they, they can go hand in There's hand. There's so much overlap. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. they can they can pretty much go hand in hand because it, I think if you're in a relationship with Christ, you're going to soak up His Word. Right. Your, your desire is going to be to hear from him and he speaks primarily through the Holy spirit through his word. Right. That's it. So, um, and you have so many scriptures out there that, that, that proclaim that your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Right. Um, I, I will, you know, um, what was that other one? I was just thinking of, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on, your own understanding, all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Right. Right. So we have this, this whole idea that scripture, I believe is, you know, the pathway to, to glorifying God with our lives. And so, especially looking at at those scriptures, it is the will of God, right? Mm -hmm. This is good. There, there are scriptures that actually come out and say, this is God's will for your life that you be sanctified. This is God's will what
1: we talked about Romans 12, uh, that you did, you know, that by the renewing of your mind, you can discern what is the good and perfect will of God. What's right after that? Be selfless, understand that you're a member of the body of Christ, right, submit right. yourselves to others, do your, you know, fulfill your spiritual gifts, uh, don't repay evil. All these exhortations this is what the life of a Christian looks like. Mm-hmm. So, you think. Oh, Paul is telling me what the will of yeah. God is. Be mm-hmm. re-
0: yeah, be renewed. So this is yeah, Romans twelve is a great example. This is where you know at the end of basically the beginning of the end of his book, where he begins describing the Christian life, and Romans twelve is a perfect example of that. So if we're we're truly discerning uh, God's will for our lives, then we're going we're going to follow that. Right. I think it fits hand in hand.
2: Well, uh, I want to back up just for a second. Does the wisdom view even acknowledge that there is a specific will? No. Okay, because that's that may be so, the, the biggest difference between the last two views. What I was
1: getting at with the wisdom view and uh, earlier when you talked about the maze. Right. So the wisdom view says there are multiple paths to the cheese. And as long as... You, so if your cheese is, I don't know, glorifying God, making disciples, you know, the cheese is what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. Right. We can take a different path through career choice, marriage it doesn't matter if we are aiming at that goal god might be just as pleased if i marry x person as y person
2: so god's will is about direction and not about the detail yeah so it's about the it's about the destination
0: well yeah but maybe there's certain certain paths you have to take like christ <laughs> exactly that's true but there are good, other good point th- yeah but there are other lean off paths right yeah. well know. there are
2: some people that are going to be um converted as a a kid and they're going to be faithful quote unquote their entire life. Okay. But then you're going to have that other person that goes off on, you know, their, their bingers or whatever, and they're away from God and whatever. And that those decisions as horrible as they were may actually lead them back to God. Hmm. So it's not like there's only one direction to get to the, to the result. Um, it could be different varying decisions and, and okay. varying this paths. this
1: is another thing I've poked fun at the specific will theory for before. So imagine your life is, is a road or a path. You have a fork in the road. One is God's will, one's not. So you take the wrong one. Well, did you completely miss God's life God's will for your life forever because you took the wrong one? Or does, Oops, so now, guess what? God has to rewrite the specific will, <laughs> making up for your bad decision and give you a new fort. And you keep taking wrong ones, and God's like, dang it, I'm having to rewrite the will over and over <laughs> like again the, to compensate like for the, these dumb decisions. The GPS in your car, recalculating. recalculating. <laughs> so if you're going to so hold God's the specific there, will theory because of how sinful we are, it's going to be like the infinite amount of specific wills plural <laughs> theory because every time you screw it up there's a new one. Yeah, right. it, it's like the butterfly effect or whatever
2: in physics, you sure. know, that you know one little change can have this this domino effect right. all over the place. And um once again, I think this is us overthinking uh, God. I mean, trying to bring God into our logic instead of just and just instead of just submitting ourselves.
0: Right. But, but You know, it's the glory of God to conceal matter, yeah, yeah.
1: It's and the, the honor God. of kings to search it out. Exactly, it's like it's on the theme song or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so we have to try, <laughs> try to figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have to, but we want to. So, uh, yeah, actually, um, who was it that used the analogy of like a, a freeway with the uh, the off the side roads that you get? So. Right. You know, your exit ramps or whatever. Yes, the exit ramps. Was that you a long time I don't ago? Think so. Somebody, you know, it's more like instead of like you get off and you get screwed up, so God has to put in this. It's more like you get off on a tangent on this, you know, on an exit ramp, and you screw up a little bit, but then you get back on the freeway. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so it's more like a, a highway
1: analogy. But anyways, that's either here though there. See, but, I've always used that analogy. I think I always use it in terms of the gospel, because I've always said the gospel is not the on ramp to Christianity. The gospel is the, the highway. highway. And so I think we can think about that in terms of God's will. It's not the gospel's the on-ramp, and then I need to take these turns to be in God's will. I need to stay devoted to the gospel and spreading it, fulfilling it, living out its implications. Yeah, that is the path.
0: And everything else is just (coughs) secondary, tertiary. So anyways.
2: Awesome. Cool. So did we learn anything?
0: A little bit. I guess I learned that I'm...
2: Not as specific-willed as you thought you were?
0: Yeah, I I guess. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. I, I'm not going to subscribe.
2: I still think there's a lot of Calvinism overlapping in the arguments.
0: There is. And I think that the, I think it I realize you say it could be either or. But I think that there's a I think there's a definite tie in here.
1: Well, see, I think uh, if you're going to start talk about that, you're starting. Calvinism and Arminianism is about the nature of the sovereign will. So does God, the sovereign will, is that something God set in stone and set all the means for? Or is it just, you know, um, that's his foresight for how he knew it would turn out, but he didn't say this is how it's going to be. But that is a different...
2: It depends on how Calvinist you are. There's different camps. Right. There, there's those hyper-Calvinists that, that go, you know...
0: Yeah. One every, day...
2: Everything is, is laid out, and and you have no decision-making powers. It's all...
0: One day when I'm gone, you and Riley needed to you need to have that, Theonauts.
2: Why? Why when you're gone? Because <laughs> I
0: want to be here for that. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Out of all ever, out of everything we've ever talked about, I think that would be the well, one. And, that- and we've hey, talked.
1: W- unity is like the theme here, yeah. right? So yeah. The theme for the Calvinism and Arminianism episode when it happens has to be unity. unity. <laughs> but we pulled know, it off for years. And, yeah. and
2: once again, it it it. Uh, we've talked about the pendulum swing many times on the show. Sure. And I don't think it's necessarily Calvinism on one side of the spectrum and Arminianism on the other side of the spectrum. Because there's, I don't agree with most of the Arminianists statements right but I don't agree with all the hyper-Calvinist statements either and I think that there is some room in between there yeah uh, I mean you hear people say you know I'm four-point Calvinist or whatever I mean there's <laughs> there's all these different uh, yeah uh, uh, divisions of and see and I'm <laughs> not
1: I don't know if I would call myself a hardline five-pointer or some some of the really extreme people will say seven pointers but I just I don't know. I think there's some truth in some of in some of what they say, and so I don't know. I'm the people that I'm against is the people that will just bash the other one and right, right, not listen to the strong points of their theology. Yeah,
2: it's part of the whole isms problem. The right. problem with having isms is that everyone gets in a camp
1: That's anyway
2: necessary. instead of listening to the individual
1: uh, and, points. And see, tying that into what we talked about today, I feel like some of the positive things we learned is like you can be in the specific will camp. And like, I think if you are using those principles of discernment, we talked about and being Mm -hmm. aware of, you know, your, your heart's fleshly desires and, um, you know, exercising discernment, listening to the scripture, like you can be okay and you're not going to screw up your life. Like that doesn't, That's okay. It just means you're listening a little too hard for something that wasn't that clear, but like you're still following Jesus. Right. But I I mean But I can also think you can
0: you can take it too far and, you know, become extremely duped. So be careful with that, right? Yeah. You can you can start following Or you're blindly
2: opening the Bible and putting your finger on a verse because you're looking for God's specific will in your life.
0: Right. Or thinking that (laughs) Some man has it all figured out, and some prophet of God. You know what I mean? That, mm, yeah. that knows every every little aspect. And there are people, you know, like that that'll take advantage.
2: And David Koresh knows the specific will for my life. <laughs>
0: exactly. So, <laughs> I think it's much better to uh, trust in the Lord, right? Mm. And and follow him. So
2: cool. You got some news? Yeah, let's do
0: it. And now the news. Alright, so a couple positive things, some fun things. Scientists just figured out how to filter urine
2: in a drinkable water. Wow, I thought it was drinkable already.
0: <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> Have you tried it, David? It <laughs> wouldn't do. be
1: drinkable water though. Yeah. <laughs> well it wouldn't be, yeah, it wouldn't be water. I see, Jack Jack had a, it was <laughs> one of those live straw bottles, and I've always wondered yeah. if you peed in it, would it be okay? Ugh. I don't know. Like I says, I've dared him to do that. I've seen people
2: drink <laughs> they'll put those live straws in like Water mixed with cow patties and oh, we've dipped like it that. straight
1: in the lake and it tastes great. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Need to take one to Haiti next time. Yeah. Make it make things a lot What's easier. What's his name?
2: Uh, Bear Grills drinks his own pee, right? Isn't that the big meme? I don't know. Yeah. Well, guess I'm gonna
1: have to drink my pee. <laughs> <I haven't laughs> lost that. lost in the Walmart parking lot. Guess I'm gonna have to drink, drink my me. own urine. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Okay, so researchers at the University of Ghent in Belgium
0: created a solar-powered machine that can filter urine into drinkable water. Filtering process involves collecting the water in a tank that's heated by a solar-powered boiler. It removes 95% of the ammonia, then uh, is filtered again to separate the water from the nutrients like nitrogen and phosphorus, which can be used to make fertilizers. Mm-hmm. The process was tested at a 10-day music festival in Kent. It successfully got more than 260 (laughs) gallons of water. They planned to turn into beer. beer. (laughs) (laughs) Leave it to the Belgians and turn into water. They they took it to Woodstock. Yeah, basically. Hey, man, try this out. I'm going to
2: need you to pee in this cup.
0: Right. Um, All charges were dropped against the anti-abortion activists. Who filmed themselves? Do you remember this yes. about a year ago? Yeah. Filmed themselves at the Planned Parenthood. What was that guy's
2: name?
1: Um, David Center for Medical Progress or something? I can't remember. Yeah, uh, Center for Medical or something.
2: I can't remember that guy's name, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm. They they were like uh, secretly
0: undercover, undercover, seeing if they would sell right. them. Right. So they would ask buying questions parts. about yeah buying parts and and you know the people on the the videos were. Pretty, you know, just open. Yeah, yeah, crazy about it. So, anyways, joking about it. Yeah, David Daladin, twenty-seven, and Sandra Merritt, sixty-three had their final charge of tampering with government records dropped by a Texas judge. The pair was accused of using fake driver's licenses to go undercover and try to buy fetal tissue from Planned Parenthood. They believe that Planned Parenthood was illegally selling the tissue to research for a profit. This is Daladin's statement. The dismissal of the bogus politically motivated charges against Center for Medical Progress, that's the name of it, uh, project-led... Uh, lead David Dalladem and the investigator Sandra Merritt is a resounding vindication of the First Amendment rights of all citizen journalists and also a clear warning to any of Planned Parenthood's political cronies who would attack whistleblowers to protect Planned Parenthood from scrutiny. He's pretty hardcore on this, which is awesome. We need that. So, uh, Tim LaHaye has been left behind.
2: Oh, I heard that.
0: Yeah, co-author Tim LaHaye has died at the age of 90. I didn't know he was
2: that old. I didn't either. Hmm. It's
0: crazy. Um, you, we all know him as the best-selling in times <laughs> author of uh, "Left Behind." The series of novels was based on a literal interpretation of the Book of Revelation. We wanted to sell more than eighty million copies and spawned several more adaptions. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. good old Tim LaHaye. A lot of uh, fundamental evangelists sad today because yeah. that. Um, I like this because it's one of my favorite uh, heroes. Michael Jordan speaks out against police brutality and violence against police. Yeah, he took and donated a hundred, no, donated a million dollars to uh, some kind of protection for police, and then he donated a million dollars for the uh, NAACP as well. And he said, "We need to, we need to straddle." both sides. We need to understand where it's coming from and we need to fight against violence and all basically all sex. Yeah. So, um, it's really good. He said, this is his statement as a proud American father who lost his own dad in a senseless act of violence and a black man. I've been deeply troubled by the deaths of African Americans at the hands of law enforcement and angered by the cowardly and hateful targeting and killing of police officers. I grieve with the families who have lost loved ones as I know their pain all too well. I was raised by parents who taught me to love and respect people regardless of their race and background. So I'm saddened and frustrated by the uh, divisive rhetoric and racial tensions that seem to be getting worse of late. I know this country is better than that and I can no longer stay silent. We need to find solutions that ensure people of color receive fair and equal treatment and that police officers who put their lives on the line every day to protect us all are uh, respected and supported. So, Pretty good. Go, Michael Jordan. Yeah. So, uh, I also got some uh, Pope news.
3: Brothers and sisters, come together. Hallelujah. The Pope is here.
0: (laughs) So, uh, this is from USA Today, and it's probably my favorite tagline I've ever read about the Pope. It's just funny Pope falls down steps at Polish Shrine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is what it says. Pope Francis, apparently deep in thought Missed his step and fell to the ground Thursday As he approached the open-air altar At Poland's holiest shrine Priest quickly rushed over And helped the 79-year-old pont- pontiff to his feet He then proceeded to celebrate Mass as planned Before tens of thousands of faithful Asked if Francis suffered any ill effects from the fall Vatican spokesman Greg Brute
1: says The Pope is fine i like the poland's holiest shrine part Do they have like a scale for like rating the holiness you visit this shrine it's like eight out of ten holy points but this one is 10 out of 10 it's so
0: great and the video that goes along with it is so funny so
1: basically um the news commentary yeah
0: the news commentary it sounds like it's a uh basically like they're they're reporting on like a golf tournament, <laughs> they're like there's the pope and he approaches the st- oh oh he fell a little bit it's so <laughs> he funny, stumbled dude. just a little bit right. on the last step it's hilarious <laughs> and watching him fall <laughs> I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of a uh, lot of memes about this but anyway so I'm glad the pope is okay I'm, I'm happy to see him uh, saved and I had one other thing but I think I'm gonna leave it out oh no I found it okay good. Because this is really good. A Pew Research um, poll.
2: Pew Research. Yeah. Uh,
0: so Max Licato... Nope, this isn't it. Dadgummit. Max Licato has uh, endorsed uh, Donald Trump. Now James Dobson mm-hmm. uh, has endorsed Donald Trump. Uh, and there's this huge poll. Basically, Pew Research is done <clears> a poll <throat> on uh, who's supporting who. Um, and it looks like... Trump uh, among white evangelicals,
1: seventy-eight percent are Trump over Clinton. And then, I like how they're breaking this down, though. You've what got do you mean? Mainly, so in the Trump voters, you got two sections: mainly voting for Trump or mainly voting against Clinton. Right. And the first one's thirty percent. The next one is forty-five. Exactly. Yeah. And then, well, that's uh,
2: basically what it's boiling down to. Right. Is at this point, we have to 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 if if you're if you're gonna vote. You're voting for the cabinet, the party, the other things that come along with Trump, right? <laughs> because you don't want eight more years or, or whatever of what we've been going through. right? So that's kind of where people are.
0: And even on the ones that are voting for Clinton, 10% mainly vote against Trump. And then 6% mainly vote for Clinton.
1: <laughs> it, uh, everyone's voting against I'm gonna argument. I'm going to
0: write a blog post on this soon. But It's amazing to me. Uh, so they asked the question, if you don't like either of the major party presidential candidates, would you vote for the candidate you dislike the least? 60% said yes. Vote for a third party candidate. 28% said yes. That's a lot. Yeah. That or, is a
1: lot considering <laughs> how many people
0: dislike both of these. That's right. Or not vote for that office, only 12% said yes it's crazy you know and I don't know about you but I, even in my family I've had debates with my parents and brothers and sisters about who I need to go vote for and a lot of them are saying I'm throwing my vote away um,
1: or being that's you need to help me work on my blog post then Jeremiah <laughs> I think we should we could have some fun with this <laughs> to me it's it's just sad I you know my, my favorite part is the Republicans saying a vote for third party is a vote for Clinton. And then the Democrats saying, a vote for third party is a vote Vote for for Trump. Trump. Like, do some math. Right, exactly. So if (laughs) everybody voted Gary Johnson, hey, just saying, I'm not endorsing
0: Gary. This is not an endorsement. Well,
2: but the the reality is you're not going to have enough people voting for the same third party to actually take this election. The election is going to be either Trump or Hillary is going to be in office, period. There's no third party that's going to make it. So the question is, which one of those does this country
1: need? And I, don't I, mean, I disagree and, and with I don't you a little on the question, but you can you can read my post when I, I get done with it. I don't necessarily
2: mean which president do we need? Which. Because you're not just voting for a president, and
0: I've heard this. Before. Presidents are okay. This is a big election because it's the Supreme, Supreme Court, Justice. Court
2: justices are going to last the rest of our lifetime. Whoever this person that. appoints is going to be there the rest of our lifetime.
1: What At good least people might? What good does it do if the Republican Party gains the presidency but loses its soul, David? It doesn't <laughs> have a soul to begin with. It's a party. Yeah.
2: Uh, and, and here's the deal. I've been down this road before. In 1992. I voted for Ross Perot for the exact same reasons that you're saying. Oh, really? Yes. We need to get out of this two-party system. It's going to be the death of us, blah, blah, blah. And what happened? Clinton took office with 40% of the votes. And I was at the time working for a defense contractor. Oh, yeah. That then turned around and laid off a third of their employees because Clinton cut defense in order to fund social programs. Right. So... Shooting myself in the foot or biting my nose off to spot my own face, however you want to put it, there w- I really taught them a lesson, didn't I? Whenever I cast my vote, <laughs> I <laughs> understand that, hole. but it then made I like
0: no difference. I like what Al Moeller said. He he's this is totally on the other side, by the way. But Al Mohler, he was asked this. He's the president of the Southern Seminary, and he said, you know, uh, in ninety four. I went on O'Reilly Factor and I called for President Clinton's, uh, for President Clinton's um, resignation. Yeah, and then I ran into him right after that, and it was really awkward. <laughs> he said, "But today I'm faced with the idea of voting for somebody who uh, is nine times worse, whose antics are nine times worse than Clinton's ever ever were." Correct. And putting him in office, and he <clears throat> said, "Morally, I just I can't do that. Yeah, because I'd I'd be creating a and disaster.
2: I and I don't necessarily disagree with that. But well, but what we're doing is, no matter who you vote for, I'm, I'm sorry, but there hasn't been a true Christian oh, in that I, chair. I
0: hundred percent agree with you. For I don't what, know Bush. Well,
2: on. maybe. But but what I mean is is whoever you put in there is not going to be. Um, converting this country to Christianity. Uh, yeah, I
0: agree. What, but, of
2: course. But, but, but who? which one of these is going to um, promote abortion?
0: Mm.
2: Which one of these is, I mean, you have to look at the big picture here, not just, I mean, you can go and boycott this gas station down here because they sell Playboy. Yeah. But really, all you're doing is keeping yourself from eating your moon pies or whatever it is that you want. I don't eat moon pies. Because, I mean, yeah, I I get the principle. But you asked
1: that. We we need to save this for after (laughs) the episode, guys.
0: I don't know. One one more thing. But you ask that, and then you go, you look at Trump, for example, Mm -hmm. who is anti-abortion now, but 10 years ago was... 100% 100% for partial birth abortion and funding Planned Parenthood. True, but you're so, talking
2: one man and he's bringing along with him a whole party of people who will not vote for the abortion rights. Huh. you you, you got to look past the guy at the top of the chair. There is a bigger picture here. I mean, he's, he's
1: just such a jerk. I, I know it. I'm sorry. I'm with no you. Offense to anybody I'm, out I'm, there. That's... I'm, I'm with you on that. Mm. Here, here's my thing. Zooming out a little bit, I think it's unfortunate, but we're going to have to start getting used to, as Christians, no political leader being a shining beacon of morality and not even pretending to be. Right. Like, that, right. Is, that is our future. We've got we've to gotta realize that. Mm-hmm. Right. We've got to learn how to vote. How well, we're going to decide and, to vote. And, and, and here's, here's
2: one thing, you know, just looking back into history. We're not up against something new here. We're not looking at the destruction of America or whatever, there, we have been in a two party system since, well, a long time. And, it's, and we're no more polarized now than we were in the 1960s. Yeah. And I mean, there were riots in the streets, 1968, one of the worst years in our recent history. So, I mean, we just have to, to understand that God is on the throne. And that's the ultimate thing.
1: Yeah, and you got to put and we, we got to put faith first in. first century mindset, right? I mean, Caesar doesn't do anything good. He's a terrible guy. Exactly, honor. Paul says <clears> honor <throat> honor Caesar. Right. And that's the way it is. It's not. We can't count on them to fulfill the Christian agenda. The church is. It's not that.
2: It's not their job. The church is that's here. Right. It's not the it's government's it's job to right. promote Christianity. It's ours. That, 100%. So now, but if I can save some children from being aborted. I'm I'm going to make that move. Even if it's a clown, I have to put in place to do that.
0: See that? I can't
2: argue against that. All right. Okay. So, guess what? Oh, we have some voicemail. Yes. We have voicemail.
3: David, boy. Jerry. Jerry. It's your boy, Brendan, from Sliding Crafts and Cinema. I just finished the latest episode of The Fail Nuts Uh and the title of Casey read Oh, Kingdom of God. What is the Kingdom of God? I'm glad you asked. And I'm glad I'm glad you two had this discussion. It's it's a discussion that we all need to, to have and and be reminded of uh well I would say more than occasionally. I would I would almost dare say regularly. Um, I specifically enjoyed the deliberation on the parable of the tares, and the, or or as the uh, as the New Living Translation as the Nilt says, the parable of the weeds and the wheat. And I enjoyed your conversation, and I just I want to put this to you because because when I read that parable. I think of it just a little bit differently. Not so much differently, but just a little bit differently. Uh, the field, to me, is comparable to the human heart. And there are things that well up within the human heart that are not good things. As uh, the prophet Jeremiah says, uh, the, the heart is the evil and wicked and deceitful and you know, those things well up within the human heart over time. Uh, you know, because we live in a world of sin, and, you know, how can we be unstained? Uh, well, that's a conversation for another time. Uh, but good things also well up within our hearts. Uh, like love, joy, peace, and the fruit of the Spirit, the multiple fruits, or the valuable, excuse me, fruit of the Spirit. With both of these things growing together, Let's see, how can I put this? Maybe the best way to get rid of the bad stuff isn't aggressively tearing them out like, uh, like the apostles wanted to do with aggression and, uh, and force. Maybe the best way to get them out is to keep planting the good seeds so that they will eventually crowd out the bad seeds. I don't know, just, I just, this is, this parable is one I've been chewing on for a while. I want to hear your thoughts. I love you both.
2: Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Thanks, Brendan. Huh. What do you think about that, Jeremiah? Well, I've never heard of it
0: uh, interpreted that way. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of it? Inter- no. I thought it was, that was, it was an interesting take. Yeah.
1: Hm.
0: But, you know, I think he's specifically talking about the kingdom of God there. So I don't know. What you do on that. Like
2: individuals. Does it
1: start like that? Does it start? The kingdom of God is like?
2: It's like a man who sowed seed in a
0: field. Seed in a field.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. And some
1: produce. That makes me think that it would be wider than one person or one heart. Yeah. The the metaphors. And then, in context,
0: if you put it in context with the rest of the, the kingdom parables, a great number of fish caught in the net right you have all those other Mm -hmm. i don't think it's a bad principle principle. though no it's a great principle and what he what he touches on is is absolutely right you know stop beating yourself up and start sowing good seed Mm -hmm. right which is great so anyways that's awesome thank you brendan for your input dude
2: awesome all right uh you guys want to do trivia let's do it we have enough time awesome whose team am i on I tell
0: you what, today
2: Theodonia.
0: we should uh, just grill Riley. We should make him do the gauntlet, like all. Bring it on! I mean, he's been going to
1: college for this stuff. He ought to be I feel to- like that's the way it works. People are like, "Oh, you're a religion major? Tell me about this theological yes. thing." Yeah. And then when you don't answer exactly how they it's want, like, they're like, "You're wrong. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're going to
2: the wrong school. You must not be listening to God's specific will to your, li- right. in your life." What's
0: the matter with you?
2: <laughs> oh, you want to do that?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Bring it on. It's oh. a Grill Riley day. <laughs> yes, this is gonna be fun. Okay, I need to find one that's hard. Hold on.
2: <laughs> well, just start at the top. We'll just go through them and, and see what because it'll yeah, be it'll be a the, mix. Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay, here we go. Old Testament. Old Testament. What fanatical Baal worshipping queen massacred her own grandchildren? <laughs>
3: So hard.
0: I thought it was somebody else, like completely. Oh dang it! Are you saying that to fool me? No. I mean, I imagine
2: you're probably gonna. I'm gonna take a guess. If yeah. he doesn't get it, okay.
1: Okay. The only, the only Baal worshipping queen coming to my mind is Jezebel. Yeah, and it's not her. That's not
3: her. Oh, is that gonna, who say you're
2: gonna say Athaliah. Yes. That's who is it. that?
1: Who's yes. whose wife is she? Second Kings 11. She was the only queen of Israel. So she has no, well, king, no king husband?
2: Right. She took the throne by killing off all her kids, my, all of her grandkids. Grandkids. Except oh, for so one, she, she
1: made sure there was no king. Yeah.
2: Uh, except for one who was... Um, okay, yes. Okay, okay. this is, this is in the back of my blank. mind now. This is the kid who found... Josiah. The, yes. Josiah was, was uh, hidden you by know, the
1: priest. You know... Israel,
0: like the history of Israel, if taken from Scripture, would make a much better story than Game of Thrones ever has. Oh,
2: it is a Game of Thrones. It's so awesome.
0: (laughs) Right. I was just thinking,
2: wow, they need to... Awful.
0: Yeah, awful, but very (laughs) interesting. Okay, anyways.
2: Okay, go ahead, David. Okay, history and geography. In what town did the angel Gabriel... Oh, man, I did that in last week. Hang on. Okay. Which of the following cities... Is furthest north, Rome, Colossae, Corinth, or Thessalonica? Hmm.
0: (laughs) We're really hitting it hard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, so I'm going to have a caveat to my answer. I'm going to say Rome, but I don't know where... Col- Colossae, however you say it is, Colossae. so that would be my second choice. You got it right.
2: Okay, so um, I know I
1: know the other ones. Yeah,
2: I know um, Colossae is near Ephesus. Like okay, so that that stuff
1: Ephesus. is all in a similar area. Yeah, cool. Hmm. And, well, Corinth
2: was down in Greece. Corinth is
1: so. on the <clears throat> in your little, southern tip down there by not the peninsula, but your connecting point, I believe. Okay, yeah.
2: Hit him with a prophecy question.
1: Ooh. What did Pharaoh's
0: dream of seven fat and seven thin cows represent?
1: That's, that's not too bad. No, that one's an Sunday, easy one. Sunday school drilled that yeah. answer into you. <laughs> so you got seven years of abundance and seven years of famine. Yes.
2: Oh, so he's two out of three so far. Okay. Oh, man, this is... This is this is names. What does the name Peter mean? <laughs> I didn't know you
0: were called Peter. <laughs> 37. I'm, I'm not old. <laughs>
1: so it's rock? Yes. Is, is Cephas rock as well? Yes. Okay. No. Well, yes.
2: Yeah. His, his original name was Simon. Right. That was his birth name. Yep. Okay. Simon Barjona. And I think Cephas and
0: Peter mean Peter's the same thing. same
1: thing. thing two mm-hmm. different dialects mm-hmm. or something.
0: Yeah. Cephas is
1: Latin. I don't no. I don't know. I should know that. They're probably Latin. Cephas sounds Probably one Greek, of them is Aramaic and one of them is Aramaic. Maybe. maybe. I don't yeah.
0: know. All right. Which book of the Bible immediately follows James? <laughs>
1: you want to even play the music? (laughs) That would be the first book by that guy we just talked about. That's correct.
2: We're moving right along. New Testament. That was letters, numbers, and sequences, by the way. Yes. This is New Testament. Which one of the other original disciples of Jesus came from the same town as Peter and Andrew?
1: Okay. Hmm. Okay, for this one, I'm going to say Nathaniel because I think whenever those there's those stories of all the disciples mm-hmm. finding out about Jesus and who he is and stuff, I'm going to say Nathaniel. Oh. I it. Did you have a backup? Mm, let me think. I don't think I do. It was Philip. Philip, okay.
2: Yeah, and that's in John 1. Okay, last one. All right. Words. How well Words. do you know your King James translation?
0: Eh, <laughs> eh. <laughs> a little bit. In this list in Proverbs 6 of seven things that the Lord hates. Oh, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> which number is a lying oh, tongue? Oh, wow. Is is what? A lying tongue. <laughs> I mean,
1: that's... That's a tough one. Yeah, that one's hard. <laughs> There's, you always get those lists in Proverbs. It's like seven things that the Lord hates and six that he despises. And you're like, well, which one does he hate and not despise?
2: The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one's an abomination.
1: Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, got to throw something out. I'm going to say seven. No. <laughs> uh, David? Uh, I don't
0: know <laughs> Two I wouldn't have known two. this what either Two, yeah, it's number two Man, you just went through the gauntlet
2: you So, got But like, you got more than 50% Yeah, oh, that's yeah, not yeah, bad Four out of seven right? That
0: Baylor, uh, you know, degree is doing well on you <laughs>
2: All,
0: right. All right, we ready to get out of here Yeah, let's do it Here's your script Thanks, my script so
2: let's do this Oh, we
0: need to talk about, wait, before we you hit that button Oh, yes,
2: yes, because we always do this Yeah we, ask the Theonauts. Yes,
0: ask the Theonauts. You need to send us questions, or email us questions, message us questions, call us on our voice line at yeah. nine seven whatever nine seven two eight eight five seven two seven zero. Yes, call us on our voice line and ask us any theological question. Stump us. Try to try to anything. Anything you've ever wondered. We want to do and ask the Theonots show.
2: And don't ask what is God's specific will for you.
0: Yes, because we've covered that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's to bring me a cheeseburger. But you can ask anything. I mean seriously anything. We want to hear from you. We want to know you're out there so just drop us a line take you 2 seconds and then you'll get, you know, featured on our show.
2: <clears throat> yeah, and I think we're going to fade out the anonymous. Yep. We're just not getting any participation in it.
0: Yep, the anonymous is a thing of the past, which uh, is that's okay.
2: Sad. Yeah, it happens. Well, maybe if we pick up, if our listenership picks picks back up, we'll uh, we'll try it some more, right? And see how it goes. Yeah, but uh, right now it's just not the last. The last prayer request that was there is back in June, and right. it's only got three prayers. <laughs> so, yep. So the poor guy with the cussing issue is not getting prayed for very much. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways But uh, we did pray for you That's right We did (laughs) It worked a little bit It it worked a little bit Let's do this Okay, let's do this The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network Using new media and social networking to go into all the world And proclaim the good news to everyone To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com Subscribe to the newsletter And stay up to date on all of our shows Including Finding Christ in Cinema
0: Visit our website at theonautspodcast.com For show outlines and notes Um.
2: And that's it for that (laughs) Because I can't read that anymore (laughs) Go ahead There are several ways to contact us And to leave us feedback Send us an email to Theonots at gctnetwork.com Or call us on our voicemail line At 972-885-7270 Listen to us on iTunes Stitcher Radio or your favorite podcast
0: catcher Don't forget to leave us comments and rate us As that helps our show reach A larger
2: audience and, oh, I didn't mention this. We are now on Patreon. Yes, we are on Patreon. If you, if you would like to be our patron and, and help support us, because it would help us in a, a great deal yeah. if you would uh, just give a little bit. Uh, we, we, we just have it set up on a monthly basis. But if you go to Patreon.com and look for uh, The Theonauts. You can help us out there. Donate there. More That's to come right. on that later. Yes. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yes.
0: Don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's word with us.
2: All right, Jeremiah, thanks for being here. Riley, thanks for being here. Thanks, thanks for you. the invite, guys. All right, we'll see This it. has been The Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's nine 972- seven. Seven two seven zero. Love to hear from
0: you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission transmission
3: at GCT networkcom This is your Great Commission
1: transmission. You guys,
3: sometimes you're bad. Don't be jerks.